Hi, and welcome to Icon Underground Radio for the week of November 2nd, 2016. This is Jen. And Alex. Sweet Christmas, I'm David. <laughs> so, uh, this week, we've got a handful of news, and we've got some comics, we've got some toys, we've got some cartoons. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's a pretty big week, so we'll try not to linger too long on, on any one thing. Uh, we will jump into the news that... Amazon Japan now ships Transformers, among other things, internationally. Yay! So, uh, yeah, I guess various distribution deals and stuff prevented them from shipping to the U.S. previously. Yeah, I, that has... I know it's been a problem like previous, like, like some anime goods, like you buy a CD and it'd come with an exclusive thing and they would not ship the exclusive thing outside of Japan. There was a lot of That's weird technicalities. Rude. Yeah. Yep. So that is hopefully no longer an issue anymore. Uh, definitely not an issue with Transformers. That's been confirmed. Uh, also, in ordering Transformers from Japan, uh, took the Takaratomi online mall, from the looks of it, is going to have a uh, a set of the, I guess, Unite Warriors Combaticons as Ruination or Boldagus, uh, from the Car Robot slash Robots in Disguise series. Yay. 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 That's, so that's wait, is thing. it going to be the original release Ruination, the Desert Camo Ruination, or the Walmart Urban Camo Ruination? <laughs> I would guess from the fact that it's Japan, probably the Japanese version. Yeah, the original. Oh, so the most boring version. Yeah, so any changes made... Kind of... I don't know. They look kind of neat on those molds. Well, I kind of like the Blastoff. Their Talker version of Blastoff better in those colors than the classic maroon. Yeah, yeah, that is a good-looking version of that deco. I will give it that. I, I I like the G2 colors. I like that it has the... O-G-R-I-D, upside-down Autobot, G2 Autobot <laughs> symbol. Yeah. Right there. Yes. What the heck? Uh, it it does uh, also have... Actually, it was just showing it off with the uh, the Tokyo Toy Show exclusive Black Convoy, or Nemesis Prime, uh, from the G2 one. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's definitely it it does sort of remind me of when the uh when the toy actually first came out here in the US. Uh, I I made this big deal out of going toy hunting one day and it was like snowy except I had just moved back to Virginia from Michigan so no it it was not snowy. Uh and and it was like this big deal. I went to Walmart and I bought all of them. I found all of them. I bought all of them. I was all excited. I came home, took them all out of the packages and transformed them and put them all together, and I was like, that's just G1 Bruticus. <laughs> G- G1 <laughs> toys did not age well. And that was probably the the biggest come down of uh, of any toy purchase I've, I've had, because it just hadn't sunk in, because that was at the point, you know, by like 2001, 2002, I was at the point where I had sort of come to realize that G1 toys were not you know, up to modern standards. Uh, but, you know, there there weren't really newer versions of those characters for the most part. But, but yes, it just hadn't sunk in that these were just a bunch of, you know, <laughs> combiner 
uh, scramble city slash special team slash whatever combiner toys. So I that still was... can't believe it's got a mass retail release in the U.S. in 2001 yeah. to 2004. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not not a not exactly the most modern of G1 designs either. They're super bricky. Uh, but yes, if you are looking, if you're all excited, if you're one of those people who actually is really into robots in disguise, or uh, car robots, the as it may first, be, uh, and you have been really wanting to get, like, what is this now? Is this the third Bruticus? Uh, I guess Regular G2. G2. The talk. Oh, the Takara version. Another one, but... The Takara version with the different blastoffs. So this is the fourth, I guess. Yeah. If if you want a, a fourth Bruticus, here you go. Yep. Uh, further Japanese Transformers news. Uh, so uh, their masterpiece Optimus Primal uh, looks like this is going to be exclusive to some thing or another. Uh, it's not real clear whether it's a specific store or if it's one of those promotional things where the store gets X number of them and, and gives them out until they're gone or, or what it is. But there will be a a very nice die-cast version of Optimus Primal's toy mace that was like the skull head with spikes on it. And it comes in a banana box. <laughs> yes. yes, he finally has the bananas. <laughs> It, it is so cool looking. It is apparently a store called Robot Kingdom that is producing that. And I'm okay. kind of curious if this is like a official authorized thing or if it's just kind of they manufactured their own like run of a hundred of these little die-cast keychain-sized maces and made the boxes. Yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works for that sort of stuff over there. Uh but uh, on to other things that were requested by online stores. The Entertainment Earth Lyokaiser is now available to be purchased by you. Yeah. If you have a working telephone. <laughs> Wait, what? And if you have $130. Oh, well, but free shipping because it's over 99 bucks. Yeah, oh. that's actually kind of exciting. Oh, it's not on the website. Oh, I guess I'll... Do that tomorrow. Well, it's not on the website at, as we record. It might be up by the time the episode is out. Yay! I need them. <laughs> there, I, I, I've said before, I really like the uh, the individual heads. Uh, the the depth source is a little odd for me, but uh, but I really like the individual limbs. Uh, but yeah, uh, there there is a thing. Uh, additional, it's it's all Japanese news this week, except Lyokaiser isn't technically Japanese, except that Lyokaiser is, you know, inherently Japanese. Yeah. Uh, so yes, that's, that's an American exclusive, an American toy exclusive of a a Japanese exclusive character. So good job, the internet. Uh, there is a new Masterpiece Megatron coming out. Yay! Yay! Hopefully, this one will not be as annoying to transform. <laughs> this this one will probably be just as dangerous to try to get a hold of. Yeah. It, uh, if anything, it looks like it might be more annoying to transform, considering how many panel lines are on the gun mode. 
But the robot Very mode looks point. really good. That's, it yeah. is That's such a good-looking robot. Cartoon mode. accurate. Once once you get him in robot mode, you're probably never going to want to transform him anyway. Especially because he doesn't have that orange barrel on the tip of his cannon, so you might get shot if you're seen playing with him. <laughs> yeah. Too. Yeah, that is obviously... I'm, I'm sort of curious, because back in the day when the original Masterpiece Megatron came out, it was like a big deal trying to import it, because it didn't meet child safety standards. I mean, it, it's super flagrantly in absolute violation of child safety standards. And I'm curious if in the years since that was made, if the collector's market has reached a point where you could actually sell something like this under, you know, the proper caveats under, you know, like an 18 and up sort of designation. Adult collectible, not designated for children. Yeah, Yeah, that was... I mean, there were certainly adult collectibles back then, as my uh, my small collection of random independent 90s action figures will attest. But, uh, yeah, there there also is a uh, apparently at least a chest and face for him in beaten-up TFTM mode, uh, and also creepy X-ray face. Yeah. Which is, looks to just be under his changeable expressions. And also creepily smiling, and... Just got linked two girls, one cup. <laughs> what? Ah, yeah. That's, oh uh, god, why did I go with that old reference? <laughs> Good job. So Next, Could've... we'll be talking about all your base. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that's that will be a thing that you can hypothetically buy. Hey, maybe you'll be able to have it shipped by Amazon Japan. Yay! Bring it full circle. So that would that would get around all that. Yeah. Uh, there has also been uh, in the, the rare bit of American related news this week, uh, there was a deco sheet leaked for the last night Optimus toy from the new movie. Uh, it's it's definitely an Optimus toy. It's uh, it looks pretty much exactly like you'd expect. I kind of like the uh, new details of his kind of like. Uh exhaust pipe wing things that he's got going on. and Yeah. The sword's cool. Bigger than it's been in the past. And he has a shield that appears to be uh, using the accent color that is fairly similar, but I think slightly different from the uh, Energon blue that they used in the movie one refresh subline. Hmm. Uh- Oh. Remember oh, that? Oh, oh, I love that color. Uh, yeah, this is more subdued. That was a nice, bright, pale uh, baby blue. I mean, it's close. I looked up the uh, Pantone color on my computer. It's a little more vivid than they're showing there, which I think might be because it's a Photoshop. But yeah. yeah, it's close, not quite as vivid, but still. I think it's interesting that, A, they're going back to that, and B, I always was fascinated by that idea of just... The entire subline has a tiny accent color that unifies it. Yeah, I do kind of miss that. There, there was a nice I, little gimmick. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing it done again somewhere. Yeah, yeah, toys, movie toys, words about movie toys. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I think we said about it enough as much as can be said about it anyway. Yeah. So, uh, onward then to toys. So I got Walgreens Brainstorm, 
Yay! He's out. How is he? Actually, like, literally four hours ago when I was going to Walgreens to look for half-price Halloween candy. Uh, Because I had been told previously that the truck comes on Saturdays, and when I checked Saturday, they were not there, but they had two on the shelf this time. Despite my Walgreens having a pathetically small toy section and not actually getting in any of the other Titans Return stuff that, you know, all the other stores have gotten. Uh, so yes, I, I very excitedly picked him up along with a bag of candy corn, because I am the person who likes candy corn. And I like candy corn too. <laughs> oh yeah. There, you, we, we are together in our liking of candy corn, which I have been led to believe by other people is some sort of freakish, disturbing thing. Uh, but yeah, candy corn. It's good. Brainstorm, also good. Uh, I like his robot mode a lot more than his vehicle mode. Hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saying this as someone who is both really a big fan of the, the IDW stuff and also, uh, has had the G1 and the more recent Brainstorm toys. Uh, I really like his robot mode. I really like that he is now in scale with his, his only friend, Chrome Dome. <laughs> uh, so, which was like most of why I wanted to get him so they could, they could be buddies together. Yeah. Uh, his head is a really nice sculpt. Uh, it also, I think I mentioned with Chrome Dome, it feels very like it has significant paint apps in ways that some of the others don't. Hmm. Uh, just the the main face is that very sort of very slight, gr- you know, light, slightly gray color. Uh, he's got his face mask painted. Uh, it looks like the eyes may be painted. Maybe that's just the, well, I think they're painted. Uh, and it and it sort of stands out compared to somebody like you know Skull Cruncher or Skull Smasher Skull Guy, uh, who I <laughs> I have here whose head is just it got like half of a gold paint app on it. Uh, so he looks very nice. Uh, vehicle mode is all right. Uh, vehicle mode is when you can really tell that he's just a redeco of Blur. <laughs> Is the vehicle mode that, uh, sort of better than the Voyager one, which is kind of odd? Uh, I mean, it holds together. I would say it probably holds together better than the Voyager one, but it is not more brainstormy than the Voyager one. Because oh. for one thing, his little shoulder wings just come off very stumpy looking. Uh, there, there's a gap right behind his cockpit where I was like, are his legs supposed to go in a little bit? farther there it's like no that's just the gap that blur has because blur has that gap right behind his cockpit (laughs) so so yeah there's stuff like that in vehicle mode but in in robot mode he's got you know he's got some little i don't know if they're tampos or whatever they the proper term is for them uh but the like multi-layered sort of sticker foil sticker looking uh deco uh, and that's definitely geared towards Very robot cool. mode because you can't even see them in vehicle mode, uh, except for the, the Autobot symbol ones on the back of the wings. Uh, but uh, I, I like him. I was a little disappointed that the guns on his nose cone or the, the two little. Yeah, the guns on his nose cone did not actually come off to be his guns. But oh, well, oh. <laughs> he does come with a separate gun, which is definitely a gun. Uh, I will say he is very, mine at least, is very nice and stable. Uh, he does not feel like any of his 
bits are unnecessarily loose, which is an issue I've had with some of the other ones, especially the first wave. Yeah, Skull uh, so, was really floppy. The others have, I, that I've gotten have been yeah. more stable the hips. Yeah. Now, I do have one crucial question. Does okay. this improve on the Voyager version in the one critical way of, does removing his headmaster head almost invariably involve decapitating his head mode? No. Yay! He, he is functionally a headmaster, and at no point are you terrified that you're going to, you know, yank something off because it's the first headmaster they've made in decades, and they haven't figured out the proper mechanism for having yeah. them attach and remove yet. It's just sort of how that brainstorm felt. Uh, so yeah, he's he's a nice little toy. I like him a lot. I'm glad that I got him. Uh, he was eighteen ninety nine at my store. Uh, I don't know. I know previously they've been nineteen ninety nine. So I don't know if that's a, a chain wide thing or a. It's it's a it's a holiday special. Like when when Walmart has knocked down their their deluxes to ten dollars, Walgreens just knocked a dollar off, and now they're nineteen. <laughs> so <laughs> I. I will also say that I think that the blue on the, uh, you know, I've only seen pictures of the Toy Fair one, or the, I'm sorry, the Comic-Con one. Uh, I think that blue does look a little better, but I'm perfectly happy with just his overall look. He's good. I like him a lot. If you like Brainstorm, get it. It's really good. Especially if you don't already have Blur, because I had not actually given in to the temptation to get Blur. Hmm. All right, so All right. then we will move on to comics. Uh, we are actually a little split on this because uh, Alex and I read Revolution Adjectiveless Transformers, and David read the Revolution Till All Are One. Uh, so we will try not to spoil each other. <laughs> not too much. Uh, and there was, Yay. and there was the, like the regular Transformers, the, the one with which was the one with uh, Thundercracker, or was that that, one? Was, that was Revolution uh, Transformers? Yes. Oh, that okay. was Revolution Transformers. And yeah, that was uh that was a lot of fun. Oh, it was so fun. It It was John Carpenter's The Thing where the thing is a bunch of diorates and Thundercracker is the hero. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and he's doing all his like, you know, screenwritery stuff in the background and starting to realize that actually his screenwriter skills are kind of awful. And, you know, Buster's there, and uh, Jetfire's little drone guy is there. And it, it's, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, there is There are a lot of dire wraiths, which seem to be a pretty, uh, pretty interesting set of villains for, yeah. for this series. Uh, yeah, it's it was a very fun story. I definitely recommend picking it up, especially if you have liked any of the previous Thundercracker stories. Uh, that uh, is this one still John Barber? I believe it is. Yeah, yeah let me if, double check. Podcast. Uh, Sorry. Yes, Barber. Barber Griffith and Deer. John Deer. Barber Griffith Deer. And light spoilers. Thundercracker is a bad enough dude to rescue the president. <laughs> <laughs> yes. President Michelle Obama, apparently, which I've, I've mentioned before, is excellent. So, yes, if, if you've liked any of John Barber's previous Thundercracker stuff, 
definitely this will be right up your alley. So, David, tell us a little bit about the Till All Are One issue. Uh, well, uh, wait, uh, Marguerite Scott writing, art by Naoto Tsushima, and colors by Die XT. Or Die, Die XT. It's letters. There's a dash in there. Still being. But I guess it's a studio. <laughs> uh, Windblade gets woken up by Soundwave and Pyromagna get sent to Earth to talk to Metro Titan there. It wants to talk to Prime, but no, there's only one Prime, so she goes in instead and ends up in the Microverse and talks to, um, oh, what is the name of the Micromaster Prime dude? Micronus, um, Micronus. Prime. Yeah, talks to him. Hey, I created a universe and w- shit's in trouble, but I can't explain it to you in words what's <laughs> wrong here. So I have to turn you into a cloud ghost that gets to talk to Baron Karza's wife, who is interrogating oh, Windblade. Oh, sounds great. Kind of weird and interesting. I didn't know Baron Karza had a wife. Yeah, I didn't either, but I approve. Does is she like a a robot centaur thing? No, no. Well, Baron Karza isn't a centaur either. She's in. Well, Baron Karza, the redesign is. Well, the chest is similar, very jig-like, but he's more of a knight-ish. She's just... Okay. I guess I'd say Lady Macbeth made me think of. Okay. She kind of looks like if you deliberately made all the mistakes you'd make if you were drawing a character from a how-to-draw-anime guide. Like, if you took all of those mistakes and turned it into a deliberate aesthetic. Yeah, if you did wow. Like, this person does not look right. No. Well, they are aliens in another universe, so... Yeah. It works. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to say that as a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like she looks like she's drawn wrong. She looks like she's drawn evil. Or wicked, or starscreenish. Mm. Like. Anyway, so oh, there's yeah. stuff in there. Micronus is like, hey, go out, tell Optimus Prime, we need your help, bring some Ore 13 in here, things will be cool. Windblade goes back, and Prime's like, nope. Wait, wait, what? But Optimus, nope. Uh, yay, problems with authority. Yay! It's good. I like the art. Well, because I follow Naoto on Twitter and he's nice. The the only oddly (laughs) noticeable thing, really, is that he draws Windblade tiny. Which, actually, I kind of like. Like, compared to Pyromagna, Optimus, and Soundwave, she's just a wee little robot. Everybody else is like... should be a little small. But. Yeah, but, but everybody else is like two or three heads taller than her. Mm-hmm. So did did any of us actually read the the latest main revolution story? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay, was, tell us about it. Uh, this is the issue that they promoted as being titled Silent Interlude because Snake Eyes shows up and for a little while it is dialogue-free, mm-hmm. like three or four pages. They are kind of doing a gimmick throughout the entire thing where... The uh, microverse heroes can't actually understand the language of the, you know, Cybertronians and humans and ROMs. Mm-hmm. And not a ton really seems to get moved forward, except for Miles Mayhem revealing himself as very obviously evil, and then the leader dire wraith 
absorbing an Or-13 field that's larger than his head, and then Baron Karza coming out of the same portal that the Micronauts ship came out of last time, and absorbing the Dire Wraith leader. Uh, oh! Mm. Nice, nice. Oh, so it's it's silently setting up things without, well, doing a lot of things, really. It did seem a bit, we need to get the plot into this position for the next issue, rather than having its own kind of character and story beats. Although, eh, they do kind of have a bit where uh, Snake Eyes manages to stab R.C. in the eye, and R.C. is very offended by that, and after <laughs> like conflict and talking, she's like, you want to try that again? It's not going to be so easy this time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, so, I will have to, to go back and take a look at that. Yeah. Stuff happens. It's yeah. an event comic. So we had a couple new episodes of Robots in Disguise that, I guess, aired. Was it Canada or Australia that had already gotten them? Canada. Canada. Okay. Well, Canada got them already, but we here in America have just gotten them. Uh, the first one... Uh, first new episode of the season is called History Lessons. Uh, it's got I I thought the whole thing with them going back to the to the Transformers Prime base was pretty cute. Yeah, I I liked that. I like callbacks to Transformers Prime because I like Transformers Prime. I wish it had looked more like that base. Yeah, hmm. I wish they had sort of acknowledged more that had actually like gone on in it. And maybe that was like an editorial decision just to keep it from getting too confusing, but, but yeah. So. Yeah, probably would have been a lot of assets to recreate if they were trying to recreate the old show in the new style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it had been wrecked, so. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, that justifies <laughs> it. And it had a, a very, uh, the little Minicon. Now I forget his name. The little Minicon Axe guy. Uh. He was precious. Thanks. I'm just going to call him Precious. Buzz Strike? I think. Yeah, Buzz Strike. He was hanging out with Paralon, the Scorponok Redeco. Yes! The Yay. Toys R Us exclusive Redeco. Yay! Now I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going to the wiki page to look that up. Yes, Buzz Strike is the adorable. And he was just very sort of disgruntled and. Also, he totally took over Paralon when he got knocked unconscious, which is deeply disturbing, and I liked it. Oh, yeah. Both of these so. episodes seems to be trying to establish the dynamic that's going on with the mini-cons. Yeah. I mean, I, I always like the concept of mini-cons, even though Armada was kind of a mess fiction-wise. Uh, so I, I like seeing something do better by them. Yeah. Uh, I did not actually get to watch uh, Strong Arm's big score yet. Uh, so if one of you would like to, to explain that, or at least discuss it. Uh, uh, the kind of, I'm not sure if I'd call it the B-plot or like the character arc for this one is Fixit has decided to assign everybody a score based on how good at being a Transformer Autobot who, you know, does missions on the show Robots in Disguise. And Strongarm is all super excited to hear what her score is until it turns out she's the lowest. And then she and Fixit go on a team-up thing where they go try to, uh, well, she's look, checking out other, like, possible Autobot history sites looking for other possible Decepticon activity. And they run into another pair of Decepticon and Minicon, and yet again, 
the Minicon doesn't really seem to be all that into the Decepticon thing and also shows off the ability to, you know, control people who are wielding them. That's distressing. Yeah. It is. Well, it's, Scatter Spike is, is a nice Decepticon. It's another lady robot who is yeah. a... She's cool. And I, redeco of... Oh, what was and there's the, a bird! Bird. Oh, Quillfire. Yeah. yeah. So ah, she, Lady Quillfire. Yeah, That's Lady Quillfire, cool. which she's more of a um, rust-colored, but still has the black markings, but she has like a weird head crest. And she's voiced by mm-hmm. um, the Dr... Robin Weigert. Yeah, the, from Jessica Jones. She was the wife of the lawyer. And she's been in other stuff I haven't seen. I've only seen her in oh. Jessica Jones. Cool. <laughs> At the very end of the episode, they do show off a important-seeming burb minicon. Who you can tell is important because, A, they're voiced by Steve Bloom doing a cool, not Steve Bloom voice. Mm-hmm. What? And B, they're in shadow and kind of being treated as the leader of the minicons, who have an ominous plan and need to get off world no matter what, and that's the only reason they're willing to work with the Decepticons. Aw, oh, their leader is a burb. <laughs> yes. I like it. I like the burb. I mean, presumably the bird is their leader because they come with Optimus Prime. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the the burb that helps contribute to the, the whole Thunderclash aesthetic with that, that version of Optimus Prime. I like Scatter Spike's weapon having random effects. Mm-hmm. Like... Each one of the quills she fires does a different effect thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to fire them all. Oh, you got hit by the magnet one. And then everything in the room, including Scatter Spike, just flies toward Strong Arm. That seems like a really ineffective (laughs) weapon system if it's completely random. Yeah. It seems appropriate to the character, though. Yeah. She's sort of a cranky prospector. I guess. Yeah. Oh, and the site they're exploring is the first Autobot site on Earth at Mount St. Hillary. Because oh, yeah. continuity <gasps> gags. <Yes>. What? <laughs> yep. What? I, I, I approve. I approve heartily. So, so yeah, that's, uh, I believe that is about it that we have to talk about this week. Yeah. Oh, uh, one other thing fun happens in the episode. Oh, go for it. Uh, Russell and Denny take over for Fix-It so Fix-It can go out in the field and observe Strongarm so she can try to get a better score. Mm-hmm. And they fuck everything up. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They are very bad Good job. Good job. Aw, well, that's uh, the B-plot. Russell and Denny mess everything up. Russell and Denny do not know how to manage the Autobot call center. <laughs> Aw. That, that sounds pretty good. Emergency ground bridge to get everybody to Mount St. Hill. Oh, this looks like the junkyard. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right. So that sounds like all we've got to talk about this week. Uh, We will have uh, presumably a new episode of Robots in Disguise next week. If, you know, the schedule doesn't get randomly messed up. Yeah. at some point, we're going to have the revolution more than meets the eye, but I think that's going to be later this month. 
Uh, so there may not be a whole lot going on next week, but we'll we'll think of something to talk about. Icon Underground Radio is a production of IconUnderground.net, where we host this show as well as Stasis Pod, our Beast Wars and now Beast Machines podcast. We are on Twitter at IconUG, Facebook at Facebook.com slash IconUnderground, and Tumblr at IconUnderground.tumblr.com. We are an entirely listener-supported podcast. And we could use your help uh, paying our hosting fees and other minor expenses. Uh, we have a Patreon set up at uh, patreon.com slash Iacon Underground, uh, where you can go and help us out. All right. So that's it for this week. Until next week, this has been Jen. And Alex. And David. Mm, Good night. Nighty night. Also, I posted another picture of my cat being even more of an asshole.